We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Friday, July 28th. It's Fighting Friday. My voice is, is, is almost all the way back. I was able to do the good morning pretty, pretty decently. Not, not, it's, like, it's not all there. 85% of the way there. Doing pretty well. But I'm here on Fighting Friday talking about tomorrow's UFC 291 slate. We got uh, Poirier versus Gagey in the main event. 12 fights. I would have liked it to be more. 13, 14 fights. But 12. It's, uh, it's yeah, it, it should be some uh, some action. There's some, some action fights. Some maybe not so action fights. But we'll talk about it today. Give me those thummy, thup, thummy, thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs. Give me the subby subs. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Now we get it. We're getting weigh-ins now. So hopefully we stay at 12 fights. So Justin Gage, you just made weight. Okay. So we, we have to we have to see that type of stuff. But uh obviously, as the weigh-ins happen, as the odds shift, as the projections change, you can all catch that at Roto Grinders with a premium, premium membership. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. You'll get lineup HQ. You'll get the, uh, the player projections, ownership projections. You get the grounded pound podcast, Liam and Mike break down all the fights. You get the expert survey. You get the score patrols doing, doing some MMA stuff. Also, you get some, some of his, his, uh, his underdog, his underdog picks and stuff. So, so go click on that link, become a premium member, join, join the discord. And uh, you could talk to me anytime you want on the blenders game theory channel. So I'd love to have you there. Good morning. Good morning. I mean, I guess in the summer. I mean, it's not as it's not as uh, hopping, hopping in the chat, especially for MMA. I guess. But uh, well, we'll talk about it today. We got some. Uh, I mean, typically we did, this is what we normally do. I'll take a look at my spreadsheet. What do we want? What do we want? The first, the overall thing, macro. 
the two main contextual variables of the slate to determine, especially in the large field, what the nut lineup is more or less likely to look like. Okay? And that's determined by the two contextual variables, the size of the slate and the spreads of the fights. Okay? Size of the slate, 12. So it's like mid-level. Okay? Large slate, heavily prioritizing ceiling, especially for underdogs. Right? I always talk about it. You know, 7K underdog puts up 68 points. Much less likely of being in the nut lineup when there's 15 fights versus if there's 10 fights. There's only so many fighters to choose from, right? So right in the middle, right in the middle 12. So, you know, yeah, you'd love you'd love ceiling. You'd love knockouts and stuff. You'd love 110 point scores from underdogs. But maybe on this slate, you get away with an 80 point score for an underdog. You're not going to be able to get away within the 9K favorite range, but you never know on the bottom end. And then we got the spreads of the fights. And the fight spreads are are mixed. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't say there's no runaway fights. I mean, Bobby Green's a minus 400 favorite over Tony Ferguson. That's an 80% implied win probability. That's not like prohibitively a favorite, but it's still the largest favorite. We got Gabriel Bumphy minus 312. Maverick minus 280. Jake Matthews minus 255. Marcos Ruggiero de Lima minus 239 currently. Uh, you know, two to one, three to one favorites. Uh, I mean, there are some close fights in inside inside the two to one range. Thompson, Vergara, Holland, the main event, Blahovich, Pereira. That's that's a close fight, minus 110 on each side. So I would put it in the mid-range, mid-level also, right? If there were a lot of heavy favorites, a lot. Right, that means that the nut line is more likely to spend most of the salary, fifty k, forty nine five plus. When we have a lot of close fights, that means the nut lineup is more and more likely that it could you could leave two k on the table. This is kind of in the mid range, the middle, middle of all of it. Kind of, you know, no, not discerning in either direction. But we do have a a good amount. I mean, these these ITD lines. Uh, we're gonna we based on these odds, we we should see a lot of finishes. Okay. I mean, we have three fighters, four fighters that have higher than 50% chance of winning inside the distance. That's Matthews, Bonfim, Kopliov, and Rogerio de Lima. Then we even have, you know, Semmelsberger plus 100. We got uh Miranda Maverick plus 130, Bobby Green plus 140, Vergara plus 165. We still got the Holland Chiesa fight plus 105 for Holland. Poirier and Gagey, Poirier is plus 120, Blahovich and Pereira plus 170 and plus 155. So we should see we should see a good amount of finishes. This means that, you know, like fights like the Thompson Pereira fight, like Thompson's plus 300 inside the distance and obviously he's not going to wrestle. So I'm expecting him to be the lowest owned the lowest owned favorite on the slate and kind of rightfully so. And then on the underdog side, we have a good amount of underdogs that maybe they don't score well in a decision, but they surely can get a knockout. I mean, you have Derek Lewis down there, plus 200, right? Urus Medic, plus 240. Salvador, plus 185. I think he'll be a very popular underdog. I mean, even Ribeiro's plus 250. Pereira and Flowers are plus 300 for their prices at, at the low end. It's not, it's not that bad. I mean, really, Tony Ferguson's plus 650. 
and he's the cheapest fighter against Bobby Green. So you have a, you, you, I mean, there's a lot of finishing upside on, on, on the low end. I mean, even Priscilla Cachoeira is plus 400, which isn't like, like horrible, right? For, for a $6,800 fighter against Maraver, uh, Miranda Maverick. But I mean, it's just going to be high variance. I mean, the, the floors on a lot of these fighters are not that high, right? Really not. I mean, it's kind of like, we may see if the if decisions could go down, we may see 70 point winners. And then if you get a, if you get a knockout winners, they're going to be a hundred plus. And it's going to be like, did you get six knockouts in your lineup? And that's kind of, kind of what the slate's going to be. Defic asking the check, Max won Bohmfim, Delima, Poirier, and Semmelsberger. I don't know about Semmelsberger. I'm not necessarily sure about Semmelsberger, but I think the most popular construction is going to be something like this. I think you're going to see a lot of like something like like Maverick, Bonefim, Delima, Poirier, Salvador, and someone, I guess. Like something like, like maybe not even Maverick. Bonfim, Delima, Poirier, Salvador, Holland, Holland, and then like what? Blahovich or Pereira, I guess. I mean, I think it's something like this is going to be like the like the cash lineup. Maybe not even Bonfim. Maybe Maverick over Bonfim. Like I can see this being. Oh uh, yeah, I can see like this being. Like the cash line. Apollon, Maverick, Delima, Poirier, Salvador, Gage. You're right. Dig both sides in the main event. This would be a cash line. But I wouldn't play Poirier and Gage in the same lineup in GPPs. But I, I, I'm expecting lineups to look something like this. If you don't play Poirier in this spot, you have 8,300. Like, I think Blahovich and Pereira are going to get ownership just based on pricing. I don't think it's the most... I don't think it's the I don't think it's the best fight. I mean, to, to score a hundred points, I mean, basically both sides, you got five minutes, right? If, if no if no one knocks each other out in five minutes, I don't I don't I don't, I don't see this getting into a hundred points. But for pricing purposes, just there aren't that many underdogs that you really care to play. I think people will be playing a lot of uh, Michelle Pereira against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, just for the sake that not many people are playing Thompson. You need to find an underdog. I think people will go, and if they're not playing, you know, the women's underdogs, right? Women's MMA. I see Priscilla Cachoeira grabbing some ownership and go, okay, well, maybe she gets a split decision or something. But yeah, if I if I was to make a group of what I wouldn't want together. I would probably say it's something like probably Bonefim, Delima, and the main event. Max two. I mean, you could even go max one, I guess, but I'd say max two on those at minimum. I guess you could find combinations that have all three that are less duped, but I don't know how many they're going to be. I don't know how many there are. I mean, we're, we're Bonefim at 42%. Like, if we even just go to mine, right? Bone theme, if I 39% bone theme, 35% Delima, 49% Poirier, right? 38% Gagey, 
There's not many uh, the, the underdogs. I think Salvador is going to end up being the most popular one. And then Michelle Pereira. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, something like that. Maybe some Claudio Ribeiro against Kopliov because Kopliov is going to be as owned. People are going to mix in one of these types of fighters or then play like Cachoeira. Maybe Darius Flowers? Not, I mean, maybe not. He's the one, like at 10%, 11% ownership, he's coming in as under-owned as of right now. All right, if you take a look at my my uh, my rating, like DeLima, DeLima has a minus 125 inside the distance line. He's minus 239 to win. So if we reprice this just based on the money line, he would be the what? What, fourth? One, two, three, four, fifth highest Salary fighter, one, two, three, four. Yeah, he would be 9,000. So technically, he's 500 underpriced. And it's a heavyweight that actually could wrestle. I mean, not not well, but I mean, he's old. But Derek Lewis is also, I mean, kind of past his prime. Delima does have wrestling upside. So yeah, for his ceiling and his inside the distance line, I mean, 35% may actually be too low. Like even if even if I make this like 45%, like he's under owned, even if he's like 40, 45% owned. I mean, just because of pride, just because he's an $8,500 fighter that has as high of a ceiling as the 9K fighters. Like, you know, Delima could easily outscore Green, Maverick, Matthews, Bonefim, Copleyoff. He could easily outscore them. He could also lose. Derek Lewis could also, also knock him out. Peter Corey says, I wouldn't play Deleman Cash's floor is zero. Well, a lot of the fighters' floors are zero. A lot of them are. But for 8500 like, the difference between playing $8,500 Delima and Gabriel Bonfim, like, what's Gabriel Bonfim's floor? Isn't his floor zero also? I mean, you don't have many, you don't have many fighters on the slate that, like, oh, they have a high, high floor. A lot of these fights aren't going to go the distance. And for if you don't play Delima, that's why, like, I understand Holland and, and Chiesa. Like, I think Holland, Holland is, is he would have a higher floor than Delima. Yes. Delima would have a higher ceiling. But my attitude is you play both of them. Because let's say you don't. Like, I mean, you're talking, you're talking about, like, ca- cash games. Like, I don't mind playing Maverick in, in cash. Right? I don't mind playing Bobby Green, but you may not even be able to get up there. Or let's say you don't play Delima. You play Holland. You play both main event fighters, since we're talking about it. I mean, Salvador has no floor also. I mean, none of these guys. I mean, Pereira would have a floor because Thompson's unlikely to finish him. So maybe Pereira is more of a cash game play. But then let's say you play Maverick. Then you have 8,600. Who are you going to play, Semmelsberger or Delima? I'll play Delima, right? You can even take away Maverick and put in Green. Like this could be a cash lineup. You don't play Salvador, you play Pereira, Michelle Pereira. You go Green, Delima, Pereira, Holland, and the two main events. Like this is a cash lineup. Sure, if you don't if you don't want to play Delima, you don't want to play Bonfim. If you don't want to play Salvador. Yeah, their, their floors are, are very low. 
their ceilings are very high. And based on the odds and the pricing, that's kind of the way it works out. I mean, I, I don't necessarily talk much about cash games on this show. I'm thinking more about large field GPPs. But obviously, the the leverage, I mean, if you want to take a shot, I mean, Trevin Giles is, is Trevin Giles should be 300 cheaper. Trevin Giles, I have, is one of the most, the poorest rated fighters on the slate if he's going to be like 10% owned. But obviously, against a 40% Gabriel Bonefim, that's leverage. Derek Lewis, that would be leverage on DeLima. You have Cachoeira, leverage on Maverick. Although I still think Cachoeira is going to be owned more than the Iver. Iver at 14, and I have her at under at over-owned at 14%. Obviously, mixing Gagey over, over Poirier. So I think Poirier is going to be close to 50% owned, and Gagey will be like, 35 to 38% owned. I think 90% of the lineups is going to have a main event fighter. And it kind of makes sense in this fight in this price range. Especially with what's around here. I think this is more of the type of slate that I'm more likely to play a main event fighter in my lineups. Just because of price and ceiling. Ugh. So yeah, so so the combinations I kind of want to avoid are probably I think less people are going to be playing up and down lineups. Like let's say if we put together just a, a barbell lineup because they're hard because you have to pick underdogs. Like let's say let's say you tried to play for instance played Green and Maverick together, right? You skipped over Bumfim or anything like that. Like how would you build this lineup? Like maybe you play Dar- Darius Flowers, Flowers. Salvador, I mean, I guess you can. Gagey as an underdog, and then you have 8,800. Or you play Poirier and and Holland. I mean, I guess you can. I think these lineups will be a little little bit... I mean, this particular lineup may be a little over-owned, but these types of lineups. Because not many people are going to play Green and Maverick together. But also you have guys like Call. I mean, you could also do a middle range build. You you don't play anyone. You play Kopliov at like nine k instead, right? You don't play any of the high price guys. You play Vergara as leverage against Salvador, right? Kopliov, Vergara, right? You play maybe a Darius Flowers, maybe Michelle Pereira. You still got nine k. I mean, look. I mean, you could. You don't even have to go all the way down. Right, play Poirier because you can eighty five fifty. I mean, dude, you could do something like this, right? Kopliev, Poirier, Delima, Holland, Flowers, Vergar. I mean, right in the mid range. As long as you, as long as you get one good underdog, you could do that. But I don't think many people are building like three underdog type of lineups. Right, imagine playing three. Imagine imagine playing Green, Maverick, and Bonefim. Like you have 7,300. Like you'd Flowers, Cachoeira, and then you can't even get up to Poirier. Right, let's say, let's say you play Gagey in that spot. 7,100. 
right? You can't even you can't even do anything, right? You play uh, Ribeiro and Cachoeira, I guess, right? You could do something like that. There aren't that many combinations of these of these types of lineups, though. So if you do get duped, it may be duped a little more often than you think because there's just so few combinations that include, you know, three 9K fighters in them. But you got options. I mean, like, the combinatorial ownership on some of these, these like, these Bonfim de Lima Poirier lineups may be drastic. And, like, dude... Matthews could get a finish. Kopliov Bonf- uh, could get a finish. Vergara could get a finish. Semmelsberger could get a finish. All these guys could get finished. Blahovich and Barrera. There could be a, there's a lot of finishes available. And finishes are the highest variant things of like, you know, oh, it gets a gets a finish in 58 seconds. There you go, 127 points. Well, another guy gets a finish, but it's in the middle of the second round and he scores 92. Still the same finish, but the timing of when that finish happens or how it happens, right? Sometimes we get the fights where, you know, flash knockout, three minutes in. The guy has 104 points or something. But then you also have the ones where the guy knocks the guy down and then gets on top of him. And by the time the ref stops the fight, he's already punched him like 74 times. Next thing you know, that guy has 136 points. Like that's the variance in, in finishes. Another thing I wanted to point out, and which you could, it's probably best to do it yourself earlier in the week, is uh, finding value on prize picks. And you could find value on prize picks, potential value, with just simply a top-down approach. Like they have these fight time props. Like these are things that if they equate to something that's in the betting market, you could just calculate like the no vague line of that and then see if it if it would be profitable to play. I'm not sure how many like two pick style that you could find minus 137s, but if you're building like five pick flexes on prize picks where you only have to go down to like minus 121, like you could add one of the, like if you're playing baseball prize picks today, like you may be able to find an MMA line with the top-down approach by using another book and say, hey, are these lines minus 122 or better? Minus 121, minus 119, depending on the site. So I take a look at something like uh, like Kevin Holland. 10 minutes, right? Some of these are just like, some of these are literal, like the best, like Jake Matthews, seven and a half minutes is what? That's the under over under one and a half round. So let's go to, Let's go to Jake Matthews' fight on fightodds.io. And we're looking for under one and a half rounds. But obviously, this is not going to work out because all these are like minus 120, minus whatever. So once we take away the VIG, it'll be even closer. So no, we got nothing there. Let's look at other ones that are just like exact, like just exact markets. Dustin Poirier, 14.75. I mean, we're talking about Essentially, does does the fight start the fourth round? Right? It's a five-round fight. So we're going to go there. We're going to look for, does fight start the fourth round? Not many books have this. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Fight does not start round four. Minus 135. 
and starts round four plus 105. <clears throat> okay, so what's the no vig line? There's like there's 40 cents in between. Using a no vig odds calculator, I could put in minus 135. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Plus 105. The no big odds, minus 117.8, 54.8.08 implied probability. So this would be just slightly negative on like a five pick on prize picks. So this would be no good. Now this line earlier in the in the week could have been different. This could have been ended up being <coughs> 17 and a half or something like that. Or, or a 12 and a half. And maybe it moved. This is stuff that you better off checking earlier in the week, not not on Friday, not a day before. We got Kevin Holland here. Ten minutes fight time. So what? What is that? What market is that? Round does not does starts or does not start round three. Okay, so I'm going to go to Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland. Okay, fight does not start round three. Okay, here we go. We got one one book that has a line. So take it with a grain of salt. These aren't the sharpest. These aren't the most liquid markets at all. So here we go. Minus one fifty plus one fifteen. So we're going to plug that in. Minus 150 plus 115. Oh, here we go. No big odds. Oh, 56% or 43%. So minus 129. So that would, if you're going to do two picks, that's not enough. You need minus 137 on a two pick, right? On prize picks, right? But in order to get down to like minus 121 in that range, for profitability, you need the five pick flex. So this would be <coughs> you take a look here. Minus 150. Fight does not start round three. You put in the less. And now you'd add it to whatever. Play four. You have four of the baseball picks today. Based on the Bovada law, based on whatever, you know. The only line that's available, once you take away the VIG, the, the, if you wanted to call it an efficient line, which it's not, the efficient no VIG line would be minus 129. So that would, in theory, be profitable as part of a five pick on prize picks. 
not a two pick, not a three, definitely not a three pick. So you could do this earlier in the week, right? You could look and see. I mean, we're not talking about take. There's no markets, betting markets for takedowns. This is, you don't have to project anything. Take a look at what the markets are. I mean, some of these don't correlate that well because like eight and a half minutes isn't over under one and a half rounds. 11 minutes is it? It's like in the middle. You have a way of pricing that? Go ahead, do it. But if they hit on a number, like, you know, sometimes you'll see, you know, on on a fight, it'll be, you know, 14.75 on a three-round fight, which essentially means does this fight go to a decision? And then you could look, and you could see, fight goes to decision. See what the, you know, the best books, sharpest books have that line? Take out the VIG. And then if it's better than one, minus 137, you could use it in a two-pick. If it's better than like minus one one twenty one, you could use it in like a you could use it in like like a like a a four, a four pick flex even or like minus one twenty eight I think for four pick flex, but the five pick flex that's like minus one nineteen. So if you have stuff on MLB today, you could that Holland. If you if you trust the one market, the one book that has that. At the no big line, if you, I mean, it's better than nothing. That's why I said the caveat emptor on that, because these the the that type of market is 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 not very liquid. I mean, it's not even close to liquid. So who knows the efficiency of that market? Uh, JWH says the weirdest thing is people would rather do something vastly more complicated and long winded to explain their prop picks when it's really this simple. Yeah, because it really is this simple. Well, that's I mean. Take a look. Take a look at the shows that I do. Take a look at the DFS pregame show. Do we talk that much about sports? No, we talk about numbers, right? How do we originate number? How do we turn player names into numbers, and then use those numbers and compare it to other people's numbers? And go, okay. Either we have a bottom-up approach, which is you know we we make our own projections, and you could do that like an MLB, like you know you. You get the plate IQ projections, and it says, you know, over, it says uh, the mean, the mean strikeouts for a pitcher is 5.28. And you see that the the over-under is, you know, minus 110 on each side at the four and a half. And you go, okay, this is a profitable bet. Assuming that the, that the projection model is accurate, of reasonable accuracy. That's the bottom-up approach. The top-down approach is just... I'm going to go to sharp insert sharp market maker book here in a as much of a liquid market as you can and go, okay, this is what they're setting their line and they take a lot of sharp action. So what's the difference between their line and what's what I have available to me? And if you find something that's off in your favor, there you go. Maybe, maybe you have a, maybe you get a 1%, 2% edge. Maybe you could find three to five percent edges, type of thing, and you just do that. And he's like, you don't have to know anything. You literally don't have to know anything. You could go to, I could go to, I could go to tennis. What the hell do I know about tennis? You go on prize. I mean, look, look, you go on prize picks. I go to tennis. If there's a market, if there's some sharp market maker has a market on total games or aces or something, I just compare their number, no vig number. To what's here. And if I'm getting 
You know, minus 137 on two picks, minus 121, minus 120 if you want to split it. It really it depends. Because underdog, it's slightly different because when the flex moves, it you know, whatever. Round 120, if you want to just round it to minus 120. You just go find the market. If Casper Road, I have no idea who this person is. I don't watch tennis. If there's an if there's a sharp market out there for aces, and it said that you know over three and a half aces was, you know minus one fifty on one side and my, plus one fifteen on the other side, you take out the vig and that's now minus one twenty nine on the over. And there you go. You found your potentially plus EV. Bet without knowing anything about tennis. Right? Is it guaranteed to be? Is that act 100% accurate? No. Depending on the liquidity of the market, like it may not be. But surely that's a much better bet than randomly just like I need to sweat tennis today. Right? If you took the under there, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be done for. Or imagine taking the under and that like, when the market is already showing you this. Right, the under is plus one twenty nine, and you need minus one twenty for profitability. That the edge on the on the under would be like you know negative thirty plus percent. Like that's an awful. That's just absolutely awful. What's the worst case scenario? The over is maybe maybe the over isn't profitable, but it's only like not profitable by like a percent, maybe. So is it a guarantee? No. But surely I'd much rather make a bet that only has a 1% house advantage to a 33% house advantage. You could do that. I mean, look, I mean, you could do that for anything. Golf, soccer. As long as there's a somewhat liquid market that you could compare it to, you could do anything. You could do anything you want from a top-down approach. Uh, anything else in the YouTube chat? Yes, but do I play MMA cash? No. I don't play MMA cash because there's much more edge in GPPs than there is in cash games. Not, dude, the, the, the head-to-head lobby and the cash game lobby in MMA is... Remember, where does the money come from? It comes from bad players. So even if I look at some of the, the sharper players' lineups, I go, oh, I, think, I think this 1v1 is better. How much money is available when they're taking out 12 to 15% or 10 to 12% in cash? No, I want, where are the bad players? Well, they're playing the $25 large field GPP. So that's the main reason. Like, there's nothing to do with, like, I can't play MMA cash. Well, what's my edge there? You go to an 11-man double up and you just see it's McLovin and, and Aaron State Farm and, like, all the regulars. Like, they don't really make mistakes. I want to find contests where like three of the four, out of the 11 people, there's four people in there I've never even heard of. You don't get that in MMA cash. At least in DraftKings, that from my experience. And then the larger field double-ups and stuff like that, there aren't just, there aren't that many of them. I guess on a small bankroll, maybe. I mean, if you, if you're like, oh, $30, $50 in cash. Okay. I guess you could exploit, you know, there is some edge there. But it's not big. And you can't really get volume down at that edge. So that's why I don't bother. And then you take a look at the, the large field contest and you find lineups that are duplicated 84 times 
72, this one 72 times. You have a fighter that that is vastly overowned and you barely have. I mean, like you could find you could exploit the field in large field GPPs way more. Then you also have lineups that are just like one percent of the lineups have the canceled fight. It's like thanks. And then you have a half a percent of the lineups like stack a random fight. And then there's certain lineups that stack two fights. And it's like, okay, thank you for the donation. That's that's what I'm looking for. Once there's, en- once there's enough people that that have seeded so much equity two, three, four, five times past the right rake, it's like you're playing a contest and with 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 overlay. As long as it's enough to make up for the rake, and then still there's still stuff past there, we're all competing for the, the equity that's past there. So the more of that, those are the contests I want to play. JW says, yeah, blender top 10 approach is fine, but if you pick a prop on price picks for the tacos, you're a sucker. Right, obviously, obviously he's being sarcastic. Tacos are just uh, just uh, odds boosts. You should always be playing the tacos. I mean, you could only play it up to what? I can play it up to 25 bucks to play the taco. And you could do it like five bucks at a time. You could just like, just put in, you know, five, put in a five dollar. If you have like four other, you know, you have a whole bunch of other cards. Just make combinations, you know. You have six other, 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 other picks. Just get five of those with a five dollar taco, and then another combination of the five with a five dollar taco. You can do that. Round robin that. Round robining all all it's doing is just decreasing your variance. It doesn't. But people ask me, oh, you round robin a bunch of stuff. It's like, yeah, just like if I find lines that are better than minus 137, like I, I can do it profitably. It would be more, I would make more money doing five pick flexes with them. But you know how, how ridiculous it is to have like, oh, I have 12, I found 12 plus EV spots. And I need to make every combination of five of them and do that manually. Like, good luck keeping track of that. Right, there's no upload function here. You have to do that manually. You'll be you'll be sitting at your computer all day. That's the main reason. Okay, hit the thummy thumb. Hit the thummy thumb. Thummy thumb. Thummy thumb. Thummy thumb. Thummy thumb. Thumb thumb thumb. Hit the thummy thumbs on your way out the door. I don't know if I could. Can I see the thummy thumbs? It says one in in Streamyard. Did we only get one thumb? Right. Oh, that's a Facebook like. Oh, how come I can't see the actual YouTube thumbs? I don't know. Steve will tell me why. I just thought I could see the thumbs. But apparently someone on Facebook has given me the thummy thumb on Facebook. Oh, that's fine. Perfectly fine with me. Uh, obviously, click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of Roto-Grinders Premium. You get the Grind and Pound podcast. That should be coming out today. Lehman might go over all the fights. I'll be on with Mike tomorrow, 5.30 Eastern for uh, for MMA Crunch Time because uh, we also got uh, baseball tomorrow also. So it'll be, it's a 6.30 slate, but we'll be on five, from 5.30 to 6 o'clock. That'll be here on YouTube. So subscribe to the channel if you are new here. And uh, and yeah, don't dupe me, right? We went over some strategy, but I hope, uh, if if we do dupe, I hope it's you. 
right? If I, if I do put two or three other people, I hope they have Proto Grinders logos and not other, not just random people. So, but I'd rather win solo first place by myself tomorrow for UFC 291. Have a good weekend, and I'll be back. I'll be back next week because I'm here answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com.